Ladies and gentlemen, good morning and welcome to the People Processes podcast, where we dive into the updates, interviews, and yes, processes that will help your organization thrive. My name is Rami Alijil, and welcome. My goal is to help HR managers and business owners create an environment where their people are their organization's competitive advantage. Today, we're going to do a deep dive on the questions that we have received that concern Fair Labor Standards Act. That's overtime and minimum wage calculations. For those of you outside the loop, we've received so many questions that we're breaking this into a two-part episode. Oh, don't forget, we post to LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, and I would love to hear from you on there with any questions you have. You can also subscribe to us by going to peopleprocesses.com, where you will receive special subscriber-only content for free. People Processes is also available wherever you get your podcasts and syndicates on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher Radio. So now for the first question. I have an exempt employee who would like to earn extra money working in another department in a non-exempt role. She works 40 hours per week in the exempt role and would work 15 to 20 hours per week in a non-exempt role. Would she automatically receive the overtime rate for each hour of non-exempt work if she works 40 hours in her exempt role? Wow. This is a question we get a lot, and oh my gosh, the answer surprises a lot of people. The primary issue is not how to calculate overtime, but rather whether you may have an employee classified as both exempt and non-exempt. Your employee may perform more than one job for you, but under the Federal Fair Labor Standards Act, the FLSA, regulations, an employee um, must be classified as either exempt or non-exempt, but not both, across your organization, flat out, period. Your employee's exemption status requires an analysis of both positions now to determine her primary duty. There's a link to the CFR 541 on our our website if you want to take a look on there. The term primary duty means the principal, main, major, or most important duty that the employee performs. In your situation, the employee would likely remain classified as an exempt employee because her primary job duties are that of an exempt employee. Subsequently, you're not obligated by law to pay the employee any additional wages for her performance of the additional duties because she's earning a fixed weekly salary as an exempt employee, regardless of the number of hours per week that she works. However, and this is the fun part, you can pay the employee additional compensation for the additional work she performs without causing her to lose that exemption. The additional compensation can be in the form of additional salary, a flat sum, an hourly rate of pay, or another form of compensation as a reward for her additional time. But not overtime. If you pay an employee overtime, they know they, you lose the exempt status. So don't do that. So basically what you got to do is treat, remain her, treat her as a remaining exempt employee, but you pay her extra money based on those hours worked. But it's not overtime. She remains exempt. I hope that helps. Uh, next question. Is the minimum wage calculated on hours worked or on hours worked plus performance-based earnings, thus subject to change each payroll? For for example, uh, a non-exempt employee is paid $320 for 40 hours worked with $60 added for a performance goal, totaling $380. Which amount is to determine the employee's minimum wage, $320 or $380? The minimum wage in our state is $8.50. Great question. The amount used to determine the employee's minimum wage would be 320, not 380, because under the FLSA, employers must pay non-exempt employees at least the applicable minimum wage for all hours worked up to 40 in the work week, and the calculation of the minimum wage cannot include commissions or bonuses or incentive pay. 
Certain credits may be permissible that would allow the rate to fall below minimum wage, but the credits are limited to tip credits and credits for food and lodging. So from your description, that doesn't sound like it applies. Therefore, in your example, if your employee is earning $3.20 per week for 40 hours of work, the rate of pay is $8 an hour. Uh, in your state, since the minimum wage is $8.50 per hour, you would need to increase the pay rate, the rate of pay to hours uh, for those hours worked by $0.50 cents per hour so that the employee earns the effective rate of pay. The incentive payment will be in addition to the applicable minimum wage. While employers must include commissions and non-discretionary bonus payments in the calculation of overtime, so those that extra $60 bucks goes to the calculation of overtime, commissions and any bonuses or incentive payments are not included in the calculation of minimum wage. So overtime... It's the it's all the money, minimum wage. It's just the non-discretionary money. Okay, so I hope that helps. Uh, bottom line sounds to me like I need to give them a fifty cent per hour weight rage, uh, weight rate increase. And if you need to uh, continue that incentive program, you're gonna maybe need to recalculate it so that it um, uh, you don't run afoul of these laws. Okay, uh, next to last question. We got four questions today. This is a big one. Um, I have an employee who is FLSA exempt. We have a PTO plan, but she took time off beyond that plan, which was unpaid in full days. We agreed to that. Since she has exhausted her PTO balance for the year, if she takes any more days off, we are planning to not pay her. The employee recently came to us questioning not getting overtime pay, since sometimes she works more than the 40 hours, so she can catch up on the work she missed on the day she took off without pay. Are we able to dock her pay when she missed a full day after she's exhausted her PTO plan? Can we continue to not pay overtime to her if she works more than 40 hours that week or any other? Based on the details provided, it appears that you are handling the situation correctly in terms of not paying overtime. There are a few times when you're when an employer can reduce an employee's an exempt employee's salary. In this situation, and according to your PTO policy, if the employee has exhausted her accruals and performs no work on an entire workday, you can reduce her salary in full day increments. This is dependent on you offering a bona fide paid time off plan that is correctly communicated and applied. If you do not offer PTO, the standard FLSA rules apply. That is, if the employee works even an hour in a week, they are paid for the whole week. But since you do, you are able to reduce the salary in whole day increments in accordance to that policy. As an exempt employee, she is not eligible for overtime, period, flat. Offering to pay overtime will cause you to lose the FLSA exemption. If you are unsure of this position, uh, that the position is properly classified as exempt, consider um, uh, reviewing that because you want to make sure that this is an exempt position and you should have some documentation about that, especially if an employee is questioning overtime. Um, on our website, on, uh, in, this, in the show notes page, we have links to, some, to a web app that you can use to determine... Um, uh, FLSA eligibility may be helpful for you to check out. In the meantime, I hope this helps. Again, to summarize, if you have a bona fide PTO plan, you can reduce an entire day increments uh, if an employee is exhausted that PTO so that you can uh, uh, you can dock their pay. You, know, you can technically it's called a salary reduction, but you can dock their pay for that full day. This is in almost every state. Uh, this is this is an in application to the Fair Labor Standards Act, which is a federal law. You may want to double check your state regs. Uh, if you're in Tennessee, which I think you are, uh, then you don't uh, need to worry about that. You're good. Okay. Last question. Under Illinois law, are employers required to track an exempt employee's hours worked? Will this impl impact the 
employees exempt status. This is important. This goes to show how different states are. Under Illinois law, employers are required to track exempt employees' hours worked. You have to. Even though they're salaried, even though they're exempt, you've got to have a track record of what they worked. No, it will not impact the employee's exempt status. Uh, It's Illinois Administrative Code Title 300.630, by the way, if you want to look it up. Regardless of an employee's status as either an as either an exempt administrative employee, executive, or professional, every employer must make and maintain records of the hours worked each day in each work week for each employee. These records must be kept for at least three years. The tracking of time will not impact the employee's exempt status. In addition to the Illinois law and Illinois law requirements, the Federal Department of Labor has further clarified that the FLSA does not limit an employer's ability to track working time. Consequently, it's not a violation of the FLSA or implementing its regs um, for you to track the employee's time, and you have to in Illinois. However, make sure to manage these individuals in relation to their work as exempt, not to their time. If time management is required, consider that the position is likely non-exempt and requires a status change. So what does that mean? We've talked, we'll dive more into this later, but you're, as an exempt employee, you're managing them in relation to their work. I need you to do these tasks. You don't care necessarily that they are there from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. You're not managing their time. If you get to where you're managing their time, I want you to do this this hour, you to do this for these hours, you to do this from those hours, you're you're probably misclassifying the employee. But it sounds to me like you're just checking to make sure you do need to track hours for exempt employees, and the answer is yes, and no, it will not impact the employee's exempt status. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope this has been helpful. A good quick review. We're going to do part two later on this week. We've got a bunch more questions. I think it's going to be great. If you found these interesting, you're going to find a lot more uh, good questions coming up. Thank you for tuning in. Take a look. Drop us questions on our Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'd love to help you uh, answer them. One thing to keep in mind is we are not providing law advice. We're here as general HR practices. You should always check with an attorney uh, if you have any in-depth questions where you're worried about this stuff. Um... This is, this is generic advice not tailored for your specific company. But we'd love to hear from you because I think we can help you get some uh, quick answers. Thank you again for tuning in. Go out there, have a great day, and get your work done.